Tom Ross. <laughs> Matt Boyle. Games. Games, gotta love them, haven't you? You have, yeah. That's why we're here, Tom Parry, because it's Tom Matt Attack. Straight into the point, that one. Exactly. I'm not messing around, Tom. Games... We're not messing around this week, and I'm getting serious this week, Matthew. Really? Get For this serious. Podcast, I've got a, a. Yeah, something I want to talk about, actually. Oh, really? I want to get off my chest. What, somebody been buying or playing, or some deeper seated issue? It's deep. Really? It's deep, Matt. You want to hear it? What I got? Go on then. What I got? I bigged it up now, haven't I? You have, yeah. Well... <laughs> Sounds rather serious. Well, I was thinking about um, that. I haven't bought that many games for this generation of consoles. I have bought plenty. Yeah. But I'm not feeling I must buy all these new releases that are coming out. You know, I I, I feel like maybe the last generation of consoles had everything I needed. Really? Without all the faff. Hmm. Because you can't deny that nowadays it's not a simple job of putting in a disc and playing a game. At least the Xbox 360 in its time was a fairly straightforward piece of gaming hardware that was able to do fantastic games, which are still comparable with what we're playing today. True. So have we really taken a step backwards, do you think? I mean, not necessarily. I do think that, for example, to quote my favourite gaming series, the Yakuza franchise... You look at the PS2 Yakuza games. They are very limited in scope. They're very limited oh, yeah. in what you can well, do. Well, I'm not going as I'm not going as back as PS, far as back as PS2. Uh, but I'm just saying, like that is your starting point. That is a very yeah. limited experience. It, it feels There's a huge jump yes. between PS2 and PS3. Yeah, I would agree. But I also think there's a huge jump between PS3 and PS4 because what I've seen so do far you? of Yakuza Six, which is a game that is purely made from the ground up for the PS4. And like mm-hmm. Zero and all these other games that were also on the PS3. Um, you don't have to, for example, when you get in a fight in Yakuza anymore, there's no like weird subsection where you will throw a punch at someone and then you'll be in a closed environment when you're fighting. It's yeah, actually yeah, yeah. a real open world now because the hardware can handle that. I, I agree. The hardware does <laughs> enable some great things, but they come at a price. They come at a price of constant updates and frequent installs. Right. And that's really doing my head in. And I would have to say, if I could choose, uh, if I was trying to recommend someone getting into video games, what I'd say to them, I'd say, well, get a 360, get a PS3. You know, there's so many games available. They're so cheap. Yeah. There's so many great experiences to have. You don't necessarily need the latest hardware to have a really um, fantastic gaming experience. Maybe not. I mean, you are seeing a lot of HD remasters and remakes This is also why I'm feeling like this. Uh, Burnout Paradise, a game which is still perfectly playable on the 360 and PS3. Of course, it hasn't got the online community it did have, because we have to move with the times, unfortunately. But 
that game everyone's hooting and hollering about that. Yeah. And gee, you know, it's nothing new. Either the Shadow of the Colossus, you know? Yeah, Shadow of the Colossus. But then also, again, you have Monster Hunter World, which is a game I've been enjoying, having mm. tried to play previous entries into the Monster Hunter series yeah. that were in no way as capable, nowhere near as accessible, because they didn't have the PS4 as a base to work off of. You couldn't have four-player online. You could through a 3DS, but it would be super, super clunky. The world was super minimalist, and essentially you were running around a big, empty sandbox fighting Mm. one monster that would, when it walked between screens, have to load into a new area. There is a lot of stuff that these new generation of hardware does enable, and yeah, I will give it to you. I think that there is a... Perhaps uh, something we've lost in this ability to always be online and to update at all times. You are seeing mm. more patches. You are seeing more games shipping broken, and yeah. they are refined after the fact. I mean, if I was to, for example, buy a new PS4 and put in No Man's Sky, the experience that I would get on that disc is completely yeah. devoid of what I would play now even yeah. when I played it even a year ago when they did that first uh, 0.1 patch it is a completely different night and day experience and you could argue yes that is a game that is genuinely connected to a system it's supposed to always be online mm-hmm. but I would argue that for example if I was to pick out something like Cameo which was a launch title for the 360 that game would play and run perfectly fine without the need for a patch. So would Metal Gear Solid Four Sons of Liberty? Most games do right. still, yeah. And at least the patch would only be small if it was a patch. Yeah. You know, it's um, kind of like having a PC. Now I'm experiencing this with uh, a Windows 7 PC that I've just got. The amount of updates it's doing is ridiculous because of course it hasn't been on hasn't been connected to the internet for for years yeah you know so it's got a billion updates to do it's the same as you say with no man's sky you put that game in now update city and we did we i mean we did see this with um the (laughs) with the ps3 especially um but not to the extent we are uh Experiencing both now on the Xbox One and on the uh, PS4. Do you not just think that we are looking at this through slightly rose-tinted glasses? You... What, the, the, last, the last generation was uh, was bad? Well, I don't necessarily think so. I think the perhaps the issue is, as we've moved into like 4K gaming and higher definitions... Something I think I'm still the... not... I think connected to. no, exactly. But I think the assets and everything involved in making a game these days are relatively bigger sizes than they were. Mm. I always remember before playing Call of Duty that I would have to update Call of Duty, and it would be a couple of hundred MB patches. Like mm. this, this nature of games of updating things and doing these recalibrations and stuff is something that's always been there. Well, at least in the last generation. I just don't think it was as noticeable because these patches weren't over a gigabyte as we're seeing today. Yeah, because the games get more complex and the patches have to get bigger. Yeah, exactly. That's right. It's the price you pay for... But I just don't think the experience is so above and beyond what we had 
on the 360 and the PS3, personally. But maybe I haven't played as many games as you, maybe I haven't played the kind of games which are really benefiting from the extra power. I mean, obviously, last year was a year for me that made me say, okay, I can't actually commit this much time to playing video games anymore because this is a bit insane. I will freely say, though, 2018 so far has not been a year where I've gone, oh, man, I really need to play that. Monster Hunter mm. World's kind of being the exception, but that was also because I could play it with folks back home. Yakuza will come out. I will play Yakuza. But other than that, to be honest, I've not really pre-ordered anything, even. Mm. I've not really looked at anything and gone, wow, that's really good. Yes, Okami has come out. Yes, Shadow of the Colossus HD's come out. Yes, Sigurman has come out. But these are three games that I already own on various platforms. This is it. This Is this a sign, though, of we're looking back instead of looking forward too much? No, I don't think so. I think it is genuinely a sign that, much like everything else in this world at the moment, markets are volatile and things are uncertain. It is much easier to make a film that is a sequel or a remake than it is to create a whole new piece of work. And of course, a film is, you know, maybe you're looking at your highest grossing films are a couple of hundred million. Mm. Your average game in a AAA developed society is a couple of hundred million, you know? Like, the, the only reason Avengers is getting a 200 million budget or whatever it's getting is because they know it's going to make money. If you're making, say, The Evil Within 2... There's not that guarantee. There's not that no. draw that you're going to get these things. So I actually think we're, what we're seeing is something that people have complained about for a long time is that AAA game development has started to play it a bit safe. That's why you're getting more FIFAs and less Anthems, mm. for example, from EA. And that indie devs are leading the way in making smaller and more accessible and brighter possibilities in their projects. Yeah, what I find interesting, though, also is the fact that they're choosing a lot of the last-gen games to bring back out again. Like, it was a golden age. And has there been as many great games or as great innovations in this generation of consoles? Because it has been around for a while, as we saw back then. I don't know. Well, it's been four years just over since I bought my PS4 on launch day. I mean, if you look at that time... I have played Yakuza 0, which is an incredible game. Uh, I've played Nier Automata, which is an incredible game. Um, There are a lot of these big titles for the PS4 release. Gravity Rush 2, for example, is a game that I've touched and gone, wow, this is such a vast improvement over the first one, which is a game developed for the PlayStation Vita. Mm. That I do think you are seeing great games released for this console generation. I'm just not necessarily sure they're coming out as thick and fast as they were for the 360. Maybe PS3. maybe more of what it is is I'm getting older yeah. as well. My, I'm not as inclined to get the latest games. I'm also put off by the um, the price. Because I say I'm not so inclined to get the latest games because I already have so many games that I've collected for the older systems yeah. I haven't really played with. Um and I don't feel like experience I'm getting from playing the, the more recent games is too dissimilar to what I would have if I sat down and played a 360 game or a PS3 game I picked up recently. You know, I still think there's enough uh, in there to, to, to hold my attention. It's also the same with the, the Wii U. I haven't played Breath of the Wild yet. Yeah. You know? uh, there's still plenty for me personally to play there 
that do I need to spend three times as much, four times as much money on a brand new game where I can buy the cheaper on last gen and get a good fun, very long, enjoyable experience. So for me, the priority is, is in the past there with the older games and not necessarily the latest thing that's just come out. Yeah, but I also think that you are then discrediting games that you have yourself played in this last year, such as Breath of the Wild, which for me pushes games in but a I'm direction I've never seen. But I'm saying that's on a generation of hardware which is old, not a generation... Um, the Wii U's hardware isn't up to the standard of the PS4 or Xbox One and doesn't suffer from some of the same uh, crippling uh, update issues. I know it does have updates, yeah. but uh, not in the same way that the other two consoles do. And that's fine, but I mean, playing Rhyme, for example, which is the PlayStation Plus free game at the moment on the oh, PS4 yeah, compared okay, can... to the Switch is night and day. I actually yeah. quite enjoyed playing the first half an hour I of can... that game again. I played Rhyme. Yeah. I did a Tom Plays on it, you know, and I thought it's another one. It's another one of these, you know, find something, move on to another bit, solve a puzzle, find something. Blah, 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 blah. I'd, I'd play the same thing in that game, Air, the one that's spelled E A E R. Yeah. The one with the, it's the same concept. You know, you, you move to one place to the other, you activate something that enables you to get to the other place and it was uh it was okay i mean i liked the visuals they were fine but it was like that game was not offering anything new no and i i think does not offer no and i would agree it's it's way to pass time (laughs) yeah but I, i think you're attacking I don't think you're necessarily attacking the console generation then as the lack oh, no, of no, new no, ideas that, that, is What I was doing thing. then was just talking a little bit about Rhyme because you mentioned it. Yeah, yeah, but... I, but no, uh, what I'm sounds not saying to, that that's reflective of all games in this generation. But it sounds uh, to me that you are actually more disenfranchised with the idea and the current state of gaming rather than the console generation. I think, that, I think it's a combination of both because I've already described the technical issues that you face with any new game the the installs and updates uh, which you didn't get in such a bad way in the last uh, generation and also the quality of the games price wise as well reflecting buying an older game to buying a new game i just think for anybody right now who wants to get into video gaming and have a great fun time might be better off saving their pennies and going for a more hassle-free straightforward uh, experience by getting an older console. Ah, but hassle-free is such a relative term, man. Like, yes, it is cheaper. I will give you that. It is much, much cheaper to go out and buy some games for the PS3. You can get the Uncharted games for peanuts now. You can get things yeah. like, well, even some of the more obscure PlayStation game, um, PlayStation Three or Xbox Sixty games, such as. I don't know, things like uh, Lost Odyssey or even some of the Final Fantasy games for there or Catherine is an incredible game. Plays unlike anything I've experienced before or since and could probably get that game for under 15 quid, I reckon. I haven't checked. Maybe it has risen in price since then. But I, I think the most good games for that generation you could really get. And I actually, for a couple of quid, yeah. I was thinking about this recently because obviously I do have a ton of games the same as you. And I did look at my 360 shelf and go, man, there's a lot of games here I have 
that I never played. However, I know in my heart of hearts that there are very few 360 games I would ever want to buy now, either because I own them digitally, either because I own them on the PS3 if they're a multi-platform game. But my 360 library is relatively damned solid for my interests. There's very few games, bar things maybe like Dark Sector, or if I ever got curious about Too Human... Everything else I've got, I've got Magna Carta There's so 2, many games I've got though, Tales of Vesperia, I've got Bayonetta, like anything that is solid on that system that I'd go, wow, that's a game I really missed out on, or wow, that's a game I'd really want to play, such as The Witcher 2. I already own because I bought them because they cost nothing at the moment, so maybe you're mm. right. However, what I am trading in for that is A... The 360 is a very temperamental console. I don't care which way you sway it. How about this, though? What? I've never had a problem with my 360. Alternatively, I've gone through 10. And it's an old 10. one. Yeah, I've I, literally I, I gone don't... through 10 of them. Yeah, my experience is different from your experience, yeah. Yeah, my PS3 is is more than fine. But... Well, so is mine, and mine's a 60 gig. Well, well my, my oldest one I own is a 60 gig. Yeah, yeah. And that's never... I think there's something to how long you spend on these consoles. Perhaps. You know, I'm not someone who spends hours and hours uh, playing video games, so my consoles have lasted without a hitch. Yeah, but this is the thing. The only thing thing that hasn't is is the poor build quality of the Dreamcast. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) but I mean, that's just a thing, though, right? The Dreamcast (laughs) is a terribly built console, for better or worse. But... You know, like I think, still think you are discrediting it. I still think there are patches. The thing you will have to bear in mind is also things like uh, the Silent Hill collection, which will indefinitely be broken on the 360. There are things well, like... Well, you, you could play um, the older games on the 360. You can play Silent Hill 4 backwards compatible on... 360. I yeah. know that much. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> you might be able to play the others as well. But you know what I mean? There are things like there were errors with the Zone of the Enders collection, for example, that were mm. later patched. I mean, we're Are not, you talking about patches? We're yeah. not quite there yet, but there mm. will be a time and a place where those patches are no longer issued or no longer downloadable, and then we will be in exactly the same situation that you're complaining about now. Yes, there are things like cameo or there are things that are perhaps from a more of a different philosophy of how a game should ship than some of the later titles but there is this worrying concern from me especially that whereas a ps2 game a ps2 game is on the disc it either plays or it doesn't you know that the 360 there have been so many incremental updates so many things in the background that you yourself i don't think are even aware of how much you've patched 360 games and you probably have patched them as much as you patch PS4 titles. Ah, but I have I have bought a lot of new games that I've never had on my Xbox 360 before recently, and I've not had to patch maybe 100 meg, maybe this and that. Yeah. But maybe one-off patches of maybe less than that, like 20 meg or 3 meg or 4 meg or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I've not had to patch anything that I've bought, and I've bought a lot, you know, over the years, you know, for 360. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 yeah I, I don't think there was... Uh, certain games, of course, yeah. But uh, the, maybe the games I play, the kind of games I like to play, yeah. aren't ones that are patched as much as anything that's a big online uh, game. Yeah. Uh, no, nothing... The biggest problem I have at the minute is games like Marvel vs. Capcom 4 taking up nearly 70 gig on my Xbox One. 
right? That is a very simple fighting game. You yeah. Know? Why it has to take up 70 gig, it's probably because it downloads all the extra content that I have to pay f- through the nose for to get access anyway. Yeah. But it installs it on your console, lets it sit there. Well, yeah. It's and you beca- can't even access yeah, it. Yeah, but you need to be able to fight people online who have it. So therefore, you do need to have it, even though you can't access it yourself. What if I don't want to play online? Well, then you don't play online. Um, but... but I still have to put up with constant updates. i tell you what's bad as well. I'm, I'm ranting now, but got, uh, Gears of War 4, right. right? Yeah. I've never played that game because every time I go to play it, there's an update and it's huge and it's about 90 gig now or something ridiculous like that. Okay. <laughs> I might have to buy a new hard drive to even play it. Right then, this is the issue, I think. I think we finally arrived at the point of this. You just need to stop being so precious about having everything installed on your hard drive at once. I think you just need to get to the point of your life, Tom Parry, where you are okay. I haven't got that many games, I don't I know, think. but you've been you've talked about this on the podcast before. That you take per- up so much space. I know, Matthew. Tom. I want to have the choice. If I want to play a game, I want to play it. I don't want to have to, oh god, i got to install it now. I'm not going to play it if that's the case. I'm not going to wait, like, I don't know how many hours to download <laughs> the latest update for it if I want to play it. I want to play it now. I, I bought it. I want to play it. I get you. I understand you. But that's not the world we live in anymore. Well, I don't like it, and that's what I'm trying to say. Okay, cool. Oh, God, Tom. <laughs> and there you go. There, there, there's the real issue. While we're getting really to the heart of your gripes, how are those yeah. kids on your lawn? Do they keep running on there with their, uh, their carefree... I'm, I'm, just, I'm just grumpy. I can, I can tell. I'm sorry to hear it. But, yeah, that's <laughs> how it goes. But tell me, what Tom Parry. To me? I'm jaded. Yeah, maybe. Have you been playing any of those games or have you just gone, fuck it, and thrown the disc across the room while it waits to install? I haven't really been playing many new games uh, just recently. I did play some Tekken 7 uh, for a little while. Yeah. Um, enjoyed that. But, uh, yeah, the games I pick up are generally uh, older games and I'm picking up a lot of older games at very cheap prices and so, therefore, I'm trying them out. Yeah. And that's most of what, what, what I've, I've been playing recently. You know, I do the Paris pickups videos, so I'll play a little bit of this, a little bit of that. The most recent one that I'm trying to export at the moment, but having some technical difficulties, uh, contains uh, a game that I'm not so um, pleased with. Uh, Enter the Matrix 50p. Oh man, that's uh, a bad game. <laughs> oh, but um. One that I'm quite enjoying, which is Silent Hill 4, which I heard wasn't as good as the other ones, but I think it's a really interesting story that I don't know where it's going. Right, so the, is- the issue fantastic. with why people don't like Silent Hill for the room is because it was yeah. never meant to be a Silent Hill game. Is a I've heard this as well, uh, but for someone who has no real connection with the franchise, uh, who just takes it as another game, it's uh, quite quite interested in in this game uh, visually it's really nicely designed uh conceptually this idea of a guy stuck in his room not knowing if it's real or a dream he yeah waking up and being told in other people's dreams and then finding a hole in his wall which he crawls through and then ends up in another place and it's there's there's an atmosphere in it which is uh 
really unique. Yeah. And when I compare that to something like Silent Hill Homecoming, which I also picked up recently, which is seems pretty generic and it doesn't I don't even know what the story is. I'm some kind of soldier who's had some operation and now I'm in this um asylum and there's this kid who's locked up and apparently I know him and I've got to find his teddy bear, but I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Well, I mean... You know, it's not interesting, it's generic, and uh, it just throws you in and doesn't set the scene. Well, this is the thing. I think most Silent Hill games after 3, this is why they're generally regarded this way, mm. is because you have 3, then you have The Room, which was supposed to be a survival horror game of a completely different thing, but they branded it Silent Hill to make it sell. And then that proved the rule that, hey, if you put the name Silent Hill on something that's remotely creepy, it will sell. Therefore, mm. they made Shattered Memories and Origins and all the rest of these other games that actually have no relation to the well, original Shattered Memories narrative. does because it's, it's it's a remake of Silent Hill. Yeah, Shattered but Memories, it, again, it, but it's nothing to do with the original narrative arc. It's not got anything to do with the sound the the creator of the original game, and that's why people mm. aren't so fussed on them. Well, I think Silent Hill, the, the appeal of it, it had a very unique atmosphere. Yeah. And uh, it was psychological as well as being, you know, gory or whatever. So um, that's a very interesting game anyway, The Room. Uh, I like that. Uh, what else did I get? Oh, Painkiller. You ever played that? No, I've never played Painkiller. Very straightforward shooter. So shoot stuff. Enemies run at you and you shoot them. They're like demons or skeletons, you know. Yeah. And you've got big guns and you shoot them. Yeah. That's that's pretty good. Okay. <laughs> I can I can recommend that. Very enjoyable. That's just four of the games that uh, I've played recently, and I've also played a bit of Shantae on the Game Boy Color. Oh really? Right. You know the most enjoyable. Uh, game in that franchise that I've played because it doesn't sort of have so much talking in it, which I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> and um, there's quite a lot of emphasis on puzzles and sort of Metroidvania type stuff in the later Shantae games, whereas in the first one, it's a little bit more traditional, yeah. but still um, very uh, well done, uh, artistically speaking as well. Uh, for example, the level, the beginning of the game, you play through, um, go through dusk and night and then yeah. day and all the colours of the sprites change dependent on the day. And then you get to walk around a little mark. You've played it, I imagine. I have not, Tom, because I don't own the cartridge. Oh, well, I just downloaded it. Yeah, that must be nice to be able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's on um, 3DS and they do a deal. If you go on that My Nintendo, you know that thing online yes, where I you do. can exchange points. So you can get a discount on it and get it for next to nothing at the minute. Okay. So I, uh, I've been trying that out and I'm pretty impressed with it, actually. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've been playing everything here and there. Bit of Super Mario World this morning, Street Fighter 2, you know, yeah. uh, dipping in and out of uh, stuff. But something actually I meant to mention on the podcast last time was I completed Mario Odyssey. Oh, really? Yeah. What, one of those newfangled games on those new systems that offer nothing new and inspiring? Do tell. I, I, I never said that, <laughs> did I? No. I, I didn't actually include the Switch in our discussion. Because I see the Switch still as uh, sitting out there on the sidelines as uh, maybe a bit of a relic of the last generation. Yeah. But um, it certainly it's is because half the games on it are from the last generation. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. 
but not Odyssey. And you know, an Odyssey is doing for the Switch what more games need to do, making it a very enticing platform to play the 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 new and exciting games on. That that because Odyssey is perhaps my favourite Mario game of recent years. I would agree with you. And the thing is, I played a little bit of Galaxy the other day because I was get, after playing Odyssey, I had a craving for Mario games. Yeah. And Odyssey's good, you know. But once you've played Odyssey, you can't go back. It's like, yeah, it it, it feels like a, a backward step. So uh, Odyssey is just uh, phenomenal, and uh, enjoyed it from start to finish. This is the point of the show where I can freely admit to you I didn't think Galaxy was any good even back then. Well, yeah, I'm talking specifically about Galaxy 1. I think Galaxy 2 uh, improved uh, a little on that game. Uh, But yeah, Galaxy isn't mind-blowingly amazing. As, uh, But maybe that's because I've played Odyssey now. And perhaps if I went back in time (laughs) and I played Galaxy for the first time, maybe I'd be more impressed. Maybe. I I don't know. It's still a nice-looking game, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that introduction really did stay with me. The you know, yeah. you going up to the castle and Bowser arriving mm. and all this. I think that's really oh. nice storytelling. Oh. Can we talk spoilers on the Odyssey? We can, Tom. I think it's been long enough. Sorry, people. There are spoilers <laughs> ahead. <laughs> so, um, I really love that moment—the wedding at the end when uh, Mario rescues. Well, the first of all, you get to play as Bowser, which was a great yeah. moment. Yeah, as full cool. as these great moments isn't it and uh and then you're both uh trying to uh fighting for peach's affections aren't you at the end and uh, there's mario and bowser sitting there looking rejected together and mario puts his hand on bowser and gives him a pat on the back and it's like oh wow that's cool to see that i thought was really really nice well you know they're buddies they go go karting (laughs) together they play golf together tom you know it's kind of the, I've never really seen that in their relationship before. No, that's true. But yeah. then, amazingly, go back to the Mushroom Kingdom, go oh. back to Peach's Castle, uh, you buy that hat that makes you look like Mario from Mario 64. See, and... even as someone with no reverence for that game, just jumping <laughs> into a portrait and it going, pa 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 was just like, oh, yeah. that's nice. That that was a lovely treat at the end of the game, and uh, I think Nintendo should be commended for the fan service... Uh... <laughs> They provided, and it was a, it was when you complete a game, you want something special like that, don't you? Yeah. Something really special, and you definitely get it upon completing Odyssey. Have you got two hundred and fifty of the moons yet? Oh, I've got a lot of moons. I don't know exactly how many I've got. You would know if you had two hundred and fifty of the moons. Okay, there's still more to do in that game, Tom Parry. Yeah, oh, there's 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 yeah, I know that. I know this because there's so many moons on the levels. Yeah, yeah. But uh, there are milestone things. I think it's 250 and 500. Uh, yeah. you... I, I, I've met, um, is it Toadette at the castle? Yes. And you get sort of like achievements or trophies yes. depending on certain things you've accomplished. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. still plenty more to do, you know, and that's also a great thing about the game. It just keeps giving. And I think um, there's been an update recently, hasn't there? This balloon thing. Yeah, I, I haven't checked it out. It. I haven't tried it. I think it's essentially balloon fight from what I could see. Oh. So that might be all right. I don't know. I got the impression it was like other players hide balloons in levels and you have to try and get them. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I saw Luigi flying around on three balloons and made my own assumptions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know exactly, so maybe I should just play it and find Give out. Give it a look, Tom. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, 
Odyssey was a great experience. I see, I, I see you also liked it too. Yeah. I loved Odyssey. I thought it was really great. I, it was one of my yeah. top games of last year. Yeah. It, it didn't give me the same, holy crap, this is game-changing moment that Breath of the Wild did. I will say that. Like No, no. no. But I love the it story. It reinvent the platform wheel, but it does it incredibly well. I just think it's a really good game. It's just very oh, yeah, solid yeah. from start to finish. Yeah, yeah. I, it's what ukulele should have been. Yeah, I binge played that game the entire time I was in Wales, sorting out wedding stuff with Marta. I just I couldn't put it down. I thought it was such a great game. Mm. Yeah, so let's look forward to more games like that from Nintendo uh, and not just uh, Bayonetta 2 again. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, Bayonetta 3 is <laughs> out very soon. Yeah, I can see why they've done it. It's just, I guess there's been so much recently which is re-releases of Wii U games that it's... Hey, man, like... The, the Wii U isn't... Sorry, the Switch isn't the most enticing platform because of this. I mean, but think about it, Tom. There's a lot of people who aren't you and I who buy every I know, game that comes out. but for out. me... For me personally. But for you, there's Labo. It's all right. You can buy some cardboard for 70 quid. Yeah, I'm not buying that. I am. Um, <laughs> you are? Yeah, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to see I'm interested. I'd be interested to play it, but I'm not going to buy it. Fair. Um, mm. Speaking of uh, great games from Japanese developers, I've been playing some more Monster Hunter World, and I can tell you, Tom Parry, that game's really bloody good. I really like yeah, it in a yeah. way I didn't think but, I would. Do you know what? My problem with Monster Hunter is... Yeah. That I don't want to kill the monsters. But they want to kill you, Tom. They want to slice you up good. But they look so cool. Yeah, I know, but they got big claws and most of them breathe why, fire. Why, why do we have to kill them? Because you can get sick-looking armour, Tom. You can make yourself look like a pointy demon god, and it's pretty satisfying. Yeah, yeah. It's one of them big online games, yeah. isn't it? So there's a certain point in that game when you reach a thing called high rank, which essentially means all the monsters become twice as hard, they have different colour variants, and then you can get better armour. I got mm. to that point yesterday, actually, uh, before my migraine-induced nausea, and I was really happy with myself because you fight your first high-ranked monster, and it is a noticeable step up in difficulty, but by that point, you've been playing the game for about 20 hours, and you know what you're doing, and so it's like, oh, wow, I feel like I've really achieved something here. The game has taught me, up until this point, how to play the game, and now I know how to play the game. It's going, right, cool, gloves are off, let's go. Here's a monster. Mm. And I went on a quest before i did the last mission to get me into high rank there was a timed event thing because capcom seems very good at doing these timed events that happen once a week you can do certain things and i went on this quest and it was hunting two dragons and i was like oh well yeah we'll go kill a rathian which is a dragon first and it'll be all right and then we'll kill the rathalos so I went in there, I played with like three random Japanese players, which is generally my experience of playing multiplayer online when I'm not playing with friends. And I was waiting for them to come online, so I was like, okay, I'm going to do this weekly quest super quick, get my experience up, and then I can go do high rank with them. So I wandered around, and I saw the Rathian, and the, the Japanese guy was just wailing on this dragon, and I was like, right, okay, I know this fight, this will be easy. So I rolled in, I used my longsword, did some combos, jumped up in the air, did a big slash down him. I was like, yeah. And as I landed, I realised that the Japanese guy was smacking this dragon in the face with a hammer, rolled away. And I was like, oh, why did he roll away? The Rathian's not made any signal that's going to pounce forward. And then I just saw flames because the other dragon Mm. had flown in at the same time. 
So essentially what me and this Japanese guy were doing were trying to fight two massive dragons off at the same time as we were both trying to like roll out of each other's way to make sure we didn't get in each other's way but also to make sure we didn't get mullered by two massive dragons. It was perhaps one of the coolest moments I've ever experienced in a video game. And it was it was awesome. It was just it was yeah. purely putting me. Well, when to you the describe test. it like that, that sounds very exciting. And uh, <laughs> you know, again, I'll go back to it. Like I never had any of these moments playing Try or Generations or any of these other Monster Hunter games I've ever tried to play. No, no. From what I hear, this is the one. This is the yeah. one. And don't get me wrong, it is not. It is <laughs> super obtuse, and I'm very glad that I'm playing with people who have played this series since the PS2 even. Because they can explain to me all the stuff that the game doesn't. But it's just such a good game, man. Like, it's so fun. And it is honestly the first game in a long time because it is the story's not really that great. So you're not really in it for the story. That just progresses your hunter rank so yeah, you can yeah. fight bigger and tougher monsters. So you do that every now and again just to advance. But I can literally, I can put it on and I can go, okay, cool. The boys are online. Let's play this for half an hour. Let's go in and do a quest together and then I can get yeah. out. Because it yeah. is all chasing loot, but it doesn't feel as grindy as something like Destiny does because I do feel there is this degree of separation from it and a lot of the skill doesn't necessarily come from your gear. That just enables you to fight bigger and better things so you can really progress at your own pace, which I really, really like about the game. Mm. So it's it's been good. I've just been playing little bits of that in between doing my day to day stuff and reading and watching things and whatever. It's been good. Good, yeah, with Sam. I've really enjoyed it. <laughs> That's great. I, I um no, I haven't played it, and uh, I've seen a little bit of gameplay footage of it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's just not on my radar at the moment. It's fair. It is a eventually. Long game. I might try it, but how is it? Does it have lots of installs? Um, <laughs> it's pretty good at patching itself, but it's not yeah. like terrible with it. Yeah, I like I like that about the the PS4. It does all these background updates, but uh, I don't know if Xbox One does, or maybe you can set it up to do that. Yeah, I think so. Maybe you have to be a bit tech savvy nowadays to play any. That you do, Tom. That you do. Uh, your video's frozen, but I don't think that matters because this is a podcast. Exactly, it's an audio thing. I've been <laughs> noticing it myself, but never mind. But this is great. You're uh, holding your nose exactly. at the moment. Cause the... Are you still holding your nose? Is that just the camera that's frozen? I'll leave that up to you, Tom. <laughs> Anyways. Well, it's, a, it's a lovely picture to be, uh, to be staring at. It's because I'm inhaling Monster Hunter. That's what it is. Um, have you been buying or playing anything else of note? You know, I, I must have Sims. I still play The Sims yeah. uh, <laughs> quite regularly. I recently uh, picked up a Sims uh, guide, which has got some great uh, tips and tricks in there. Ooh la la. For example, I'm going to share a Sims tip Go for it, Tom. with uh, all our listeners out here. This is for the original uh, Sims. Okay. And it is... Um, right. Yes, the Bob and Betty cheat. So for those who play The Sims will know that you can do the tutorial with a family called the Newbies. This is a man and a woman. Now, throughout the tutorial, you'll find that your Sims stats don't drop like they do in the main game. So as long as you keep the tutorial running and uh, don't uh, do what it tells you to, up to, you know, you get to a certain point in the tutorial and you stop doing what it says, you go out there, you get them jobs, right? Um, 
and then you don't even need to sleep. All they need is the coffee machine because their 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 um energy dropped so little during this tutorial mode that you can keep topping them up with coffee and getting them to study. You know, um, and and yeah, it's a way of um making fast progress in the game. How about that? Ooh la la, Tom. Uh, but it's a great. Thank you for opening your eyes. It's a great little book. So anyone who's still interested in, in playing the original Sims now, now. How uh, much did that cost you? Oh, a couple of quid. How much is a couple of quid, Tom? About two pounds. <laughs> all right, okay, fair enough. Uh, that's a living it up one, and it's got all the original yeah. Sims stuff in there as well. Yeah, yeah. Very satisfying game. I, I haven't done that myself uh, because I got this a little bit late. But it's interesting. Yeah, because you're a purist. <laughs> Didn't even cheat. Uh, I'm doing oh. really well. Got someone to the top of their job the other day. Wow. Yeah. Mad scientist. That must be nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, but I've just been playing it a little bit here and there. Okay, but it, fair it's, enough. It's one of them games, isn't it, Matt? You know very well. It is. Well. Also, I I, know. I got a couple of those controllers for the uh, Super Nintendo Mini. I bought the controllers yeah. themselves separately, plugged them into my Wii remotes, and now effectively I've got the same setup through my Wii U, so that's quite nice. If I can that's put all, right. all my uh, Wii Virtual Consoles together with my Wii U ones, then, um, yeah, I've got a great little setup. Because I've got the NES Mini controllers, because they were available separately. But I found a seller yeah. on eBay who was flogging his um, um, original controllers. Because as I found out when I received them through the post, they were in boxes for the 8-bit do wireless controllers that he'd obviously yes. upgraded to. But when I opened the package and saw these two boxes, I was like, this isn't what I ordered. And they was actually starting yeah. to write a mail to him saying, oh, you've sent me the wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> when I decided, actually, I'll open one. And he just put the uh, older controllers in there. Um, oh. But there you go. So uh, that's something I, I got recently. That's why I was playing a bit of Mario World and uh, Street Fighter the other day. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and I I just picked up some PS One games. Really, is all oh I've yeah, really what have you picked up? Um, I got a copy of Micro Machines V Three, which I didn't actually own. Uh, which I have heard through the grapevine, Tom Parry, is a pretty good Micro Machines yeah. game for the original yeah. PlayStation. Yeah, I played it mostly on the N64, but still very good. Yeah, so I picked that up. I got uh, RC Stunt Copter, the first in the RC Stunt Copter games, which that... you and I have picked up many a time in Blue City for the Wii U. Uh, for the Wii, sorry. RC Stunt Copter. Yeah, it is you flying a small helicopter around as if it was one of those little RC stunt copters. That's so that, it's a giant world. That sounds interesting. It is a Japanese game. There is a ton of them on the PS2. Okay. Um, you and I have both picked up the Wii copy in Blue City here in Denmark a couple of times, oh, right. which is just called RC Stunt Copter for the Wii, yeah. which is published by 505. Yeah. Um, and then I picked up a game called Trickin' Snowboarding. <laughs> Trickin'. Um, yeah, which I would never have usually given the time of day because it's like, what an awful title. But I noticed on the front, I was like, oh, this is a Capcom game. And then I turned it over, recognised one of the characters yeah. and thought, oh, this is the game with Leon Kennedy and Claire Redfield from uh, Resident Evil 2 in it because it was released around the same time. Aha. So you can snowball as, snowboard sorry, as Raccoon City's finest. Wow, that, that's that quite game. cool. Yeah, and it's a weird game. I've never actually seen it. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to pick that up for three quid. Why not? Yeah. 
Certainly. The most the most undervalued of the gentleman's PlayStation mm. 1 games, actually, because he had No One Can Stop Mr. Domino also, but he was like 20 quid. Mm. And I was like, as much as I really want No One Can Stop Mr. Domino, because I have fond memories of playing that demo. Right. I'm not paying you 20 quid when I'm paying bugger all for this snowball game, which is ultimately quite rare. Yeah. Uh, and then at the weekend, I went to another charity shop, and for twenty nine kroner a piece, I picked up Micromaniacs. Mm. I got Cool Borders Three, which is the only Cool Borders game I've never owned. Mm. And actually, Tom Parry, surprisingly, perhaps to you, and you know my hatred of racing games, I picked up Road and Track Presents: The Need for Speed. Oh, the original. The original, mm. yeah. Yeah, I've got no that on idea. the 3DO. I don't think I've played the the PlayStation version, though. It's probably very comparable, it isn't it, I imagine? It was originally the 3DO exclusive, right? Yeah, that I was the whole point was. of that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I'll give it a go. I'll let you know what I think. Is that one? Does that one have FMV? Oh, yeah. <laughs> if it's anything Good. like the 3DO one, it does. You've got the, I think... yeah, the guy who's sort of challenging you to the races. Yeah, he's very cocky. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Because it was 29 kroner and eBay prices were about 20 quid for it. And I was just like, I might leave this. I don't really need this. And then I realised, oh, actually, I remember Tom telling me this terrible FMV in this. So yeah. maybe I do. Yeah, you'll enjoy that. I'm sure I will. Um, I, yeah, you've reminded me. I've also picked up a couple of things. Super Widget for the Super Nintendo is a good platform game based on Widget, the alien. You remember the cartoon series about that? Purple alien? Um... I think there was some sort no. of no super widget. Very good. It's uh, published by Atlas, I think. Really, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna give this a Google. I, no, I do not remember widget. I can I can heartily recommend Super Widget for the Super Nintendo. Uh, I picked up a game called Solstice for the NES. Which... Man, I have no idea what widget is. That's really no. weird. Solstice, yeah, yeah. yeah that's um, a little bit like, uh, is it Lumo or a one or Attic Attack, one of those older sort of uh, isometric dungeon crawler type games. Yeah, I know Solstice quite well. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's all right. It's a bit weird uh, playing a game like that with a D-pad uh, when everything's yes. at an angle. That was the, yeah. the trouble I was having with it. It is not great. Uh, good music, though. And uh, anything else? Oh, I've, I've I've discovered a love for Pokemon Puzzle League. Yeah. Which is, of course, Tetris Attack, which is also... Exactly, that doesn't surprise me. It's a bloody good game. <laughs> which is also Puzzle League, uh, and there are several uh, variations on that from the um, what, Super Nintendo, the Game Boy, the uh, yep. Game Boy Color. There was a Pokemon one for N64 that one. N64 also. Well, that's the one I've been playing, Pokemon Puzzle League. Yeah. And it's got some great uh, renditions of classic Pokemon songs. Like, I can't get uh, what kind of Pokemon are you out of my head at the moment. What yeah. kind of Pokemon are you? How do you oh, do Christ. the thing to do? That one. Yeah, I know that one. <laughs> Thank you for so, putting that in my head. <laughs> It's a great combination. Two franchises create this beautiful thing. Yes, which is they do. Pokemon Puzzle League. Uh, great in multiplayer, and I've, I've really—it's—it's it's the next uh, puzzle game I'm really uh, got into. It was Tetris, it was Puyo Puyo, and now I've uh, jumped to to Puzzle League. Well, I mean, do give yourself credit—you did try out like Puchia Carrot and some oh, of I these did. other I did more try obscure a few games in between. Other ones. Uh, Columns is a good game, but it, uh, Columns is yeah, a good game. Yeah. <laughs> 
columns is uh, one of one to try is Baku Baku Animal, which is quite similar to um, Puzzle League. I hear it's a Sega one. It was on the Game Baku Gear. Animal. It might be on the Mega Drive as well, but I can't remember. Okay, I'm not too sure. That name does not uh, ring a bell. But I I do love a good puzzle game. Very easy to pick up and play. That you do, Tom Parry. And that's that what I'm about: do. picking up and playing. Yes. <laughs> Okay, should we wrap? Should we? Oh, leave we it can there? do. I, yeah. need, I need to take a trip to Upload City. As <laughs> oh, I, said I, did. Yeah. <laughs> I did, didn't I? Yeah. I think maybe you, you should uh, make that the title, perhaps. It's almost as if I wrote it down in front of me to just. <laughs> did do I that. say that? I thought Download did, City, yeah. Update, Update no, City. I think. Update City. Was the, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The phrase oh, well. I coined in this particular episode of Tom Matt Attack. Yes. Good on you, Tom Parry. Okay, um, if you want to take a trip to Update City <laughs> with us, you can do so in a variety of places on on uh, blastprocess.com. You can do so at tomamattack.com forward slash podcast. And you can also do so in a variety of other places, such as in iTunes, on Stitcher, yada, yada, yada. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash tomamattack. You can also find us on Twitter at TMACast. And... That is where we shall leave them, shan't we, Tom Parry? What do we usually say at the end of these podcasts? Uh, so long. Farewell. Auf Wiedersehen. Good night. <laughs> yeah, we do say that. But we also say, Tom Parry, those are mortal words, which are... Game on. Damn right. Damn right.